live podcast. Do this. Yeah. You know it's going to be awesome when you have to cue the applause yourself. <laughs> you know it's going to begin well. Uh, my name is Stephen Smith. To my immediate left is our amazing audio producer, Brad Worrell, who designed our logo and does everything to make us sound good. Hi, Brad. He was also the guitar Hi. player on that music. Ever heard the band The Goops? It's a long time ago. This is Brad ago. Goop from The Goops from way back when. Right here. Uh, to my immediate right, music journalist extraordinaire suffering from traumatic ear issues, <laughs> Mr. Jonah Bear. Hello, how are you? Hey, how are you? Thank you. Thank you very much. Jonah Bear wears earplugs for everything, but not for the Descendants Hot Water Music St. Vitus show. And had to go to the doctor. Bad. Bad news. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay, good. I'm good. Uh, to his right, our, welcome, coming back to the podcast, oh, thanks. Yes. Mike Kanjimi, <laughs> yeah. television producer from Fuse. All right. He works at Thank MTV you. now. Thank Smart you. Yes. move. Um, uh, <laughs> he's back. You've been, see, here's how it works. We record the podcast at Rubber Track Studio, which is Converse's studio that Brad, is, he runs, he's the station manager there, uh, studio manager, station manager. This beer is too strong. <laughs> it's good. Just like, this is, just assume a whole other personality. This is going to be awful. Let's just. Oh, terrible. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, check, I'm making sure my phone is on vibrate. And, uh, you, can take, you can take that. Very call. smooth. It's Trish outside. <laughs> it's my like, wife. Uh, why aren't I on the guest list? Yeah, my wife, why aren't you on the list? She'll just force her way in. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, Mike has, so Brad works at the studio that we record in. So when we do the podcasts, um, we just show up basically at his job and, and distract the hell out of him and make his interns lift things. Uh, Jonah makes his own schedule, kind of, sort of, as a journalist. You do your own thing. I do. Mike has a specific job where he has to go into work every day, so he doesn't get to yes. come to the podcast as often. And when he does, he's usually playing hooky. That's true. I don't want to... Well, yeah, sneaking out. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad I'm bringing it up on yeah. a live recording. Yes, we're this is good. His boss is here tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is you, Garth, are you here? Yeah. That's great. I was oh. in the bathroom in Brooklyn. <laughs> yes. So uh, about a year ago, we started recording these, and we launched around April. We've been banking a whole bunch of episodes. Uh, we are very happy to have some repeat guests here tonight. Uh, we're going to bring them out in a, a very special order that I decided on the way here. Uh, but first, uh, has anybody seen our new website? You can say yes, you can say no. Yeah. Yes, okay, thank you. We don't have a comment section on our website. And the reason we don't is because we found that most people who comment are, um, what's, uh, pricks. <laughs> so, would, like, seriously, like, internet comments. Should we do it? Should we add one? Should we put it back? No. No? <laughs> I was more asking the people up here, but thank you for, <laughs> thank you for diving in on it. Gentlemen? You're like the web, dude. What do you think? We can, we can heavily edit it. Like we do the podcast? Fuck it, dude. <laughs> it's not a democracy. It's a podcast. That's true, yeah. A podcast <laughs> is not even a republic. We're just asking for... Yeah, for, comments for, are like, the worst. Also, if someone's like, who's the <laughs> shitty dude? And they're going to be talking about me, and it's going to be like, oh, he's kick him off. Why would they talk about you? I don't know. What? It's going to be either me or Jonah. It's always <laughs> I think they're going to make fun of my voice or something. We could do... We could, I don't, like, don't want to deal with that shit. All right, yeah. how about this? How about we, we do it penthouse letters style? We'd write it ourselves. I'm too <laughs> sensitive for that shit. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, Jeff Rickley will be performing here tonight. <laughs> In an upcoming episode of the podcast, he talks about penthouse letters. I'm not going to be the spoiler guy. That is but true. But it's very cool. <laughs> uh, I'm down one point. <laughs> All right, so comment section, no, is what Probably you're saying. Not. Definitely no. Because I, I didn't know what the term trolls meant. When, when it's on the internet, the people that go on comment sections just to, to screw with people. 
Which I, th- I think I would back if their names and phone numbers were up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, in all seriousness, like, like uh, if, if your Facebook... Had, so if I knew who it was, if you had, if you had the, the stones to back up your own statement, I think I'd be more into it. But would you actually call them? They're like, you're a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'd email them just for kids. Then I guess you'd have to have your own return. Maybe it'd just be a whole bunch of mock emails or something. But at least those people, their names are, you know, racist 241 at Gmail, <laughs> so it's easier. It would probably influence the way their behavior. Maybe. But why trolls? Who came up with that genius expression? No, that's one of those internet terms that goes back to, uh, you know, all the way back to the 1930s. Yeah, because that's when, when internet started. Internet. <laughs> when Tesla began the internet. <laughs> exactly. With his giant coil. <laughs> oh, alternate current. Don't you get me started on Tesla. I'd like to get you started on Tesla, actually, Mike. Discuss Tesla. I was talking about the no, the band uh, you Tesla. Like that? I was talking about, oh, you like yeah. that cover? You're talking about somebody else or who? You yeah, signs. That was, yeah. uh, come on. That's I thought a cover. that was. I thought they had written that. That's a cover. <laughs> Until I told you that. You? I, yeah, knew I did. That. Yeah, really? Did. Yeah. Because you were like Teslas. You, we did an episode. And you're like, oh, you're gonna do some Tesla, some signs, five man acoustic jam, it's five man yeah, electric. We all had it. Was Love Song a cover? I don't know. I wasn't a fan. <laughs> no, it was an original tune by Tesla. I saw them open for Leonard Skinner once. Why are you admitting this? On <laughs> That's podcast? awesome. And I, yeah, I smoked a joint that my uncle had given me like two days before. I was like 15 years old. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Did it make the show better? Yeah, I think so. I smoked it by myself like in the woods. <laughs> and it took me forever to like figure out how to light it. <laughs> Anyways. You didn't have any match. Can we... I want to see a reenactment of this. <laughs> I've, I've figured it out since. <laughs> no, I mean a real reenactment with an actor. Yeah. Yeah, but that's going to be our new story on the podcast. Uh, young children reenact Jonah's experiences from his youth. <laughs> be a good movie. They would just get made fun of a lot and wear bifocals. <laughs> Did you wear bifocals? Yeah. Did you I was up? nearsighted till I was like... Till I was like 13 or 14, and then I went to the eye doctor, and they were like, you're cured, and I haven't worn glasses since. What if you hadn't gone to the eye doctor? Like, would you have figured it out? Uh, I, I don't know, I guess. I mean, I think I went. Like, they can correct your, they can actually correct your vision if you get it when you're younger. What? Yeah, it's true. That's ridiculous. Wait, what did they do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, they, I said I didn't need them, and I was, my <laughs> sight's fine, so. Uh-huh. Well, let me just take these off. <laughs> Maybe I never needed that. I don't know. I don't know. I was like a little kid. You were the kid that you were the shitty. kid they chose to mess with that. <laughs> yeah, day. totally. They're like, yeah. uh, him. Let's make this guy a target to leave there. <laughs> you were doing a psychological test. See, I had laser beam shot in my eyes a few years ago. The the LASIK. The, the LASIK. Yeah, how was yeah. that? The worst thing. It hurt like a bitch. They don't tell you that. It hurts. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. I know they like clockwork orange your eyeballs. Yeah, open. they do. And then what do they do though? Then they, they just they the the one the doctor that I went to. Um, uh, the story was she did Regis Philbin's LASIK. So I, of course, thought, well, yeah, I mean, of course, he's a, he's a colleague, so I might as well go to her. Uh, so I went to her, and she, whenever she would check your eyes, you know, you're looking into the, you're looking into the eye thing. This reads really well on a podcast. You're looking really into the eye thing. I'm looking in the microphone. And uh, whatever you were staring at, like the balloon, or she was going to blow the puff of air, she would say the following exchange. I'm not making this up. You're beautiful, you're gorgeous, you're doing great, you're beautiful, you're wonderful. Like she was a photographer from the 60s. 
And then she's like, all right, next time. I'm like, all right. Oh, you're gorgeous. You're fantastic. I'm like, I don't... I'm definitely feeling better about myself. Can I, I want to go to the side. She's awesome. She's, an, she's an eye doctor. Guess what? In the Upper East Side. Really? Isn't that weird? So many. Uh, so then uh, I decided to, to get the laser beam shot in there. She said I was a good candidate, um, meaning that I was legally blind. And you go to the... The, the operating room was in her office and she said alright you're going to lie down on this table and she says here hold my dog for me and she hands me a giant stuffed dog that was like one of those things you went at a carnival and she said just hold on to it and I was like this is now just a joke this is ridiculous first you're going to build up my ego and now you're going to make me hold this to like lacerate it I don't understand and then she puts the clockwork orange things in my eyes pries them open and when that happens your eyes you, you just kind of gloss over anyone else had LASIK done? No, Travis, you're thinking about it? No, yeah, dude. dude. Don't do it. It's totally worth it. Um, so then your eyes kind of, they, they blacken over, and then you start to see again, but you don't tear up, obviously, because these things are bright open. And as she's doing that, I am hugging the crap out of this dog, and I am so thankful that I have it. And then the laser starts, and it's basically a laser beam in your face. And it, and it hurts for a good four minutes. It's not like, you know, if you go to the doctor and like, it's going to sting. And you're like, that did sting. No, this hurts like a bitch. And it just, and then afterwards, she gave me three Valium. And I'd never had Valium before. And it's, and it's caused a problem for me now because I would enjoy more of it. Um, and I, afterwards, I just felt awesome. And my wife was there to, to, you know, pick me up and carry me out. I got eye surgery and all of a sudden I'm all wobbly, most likely the Valium. Um, but then the next morning you wake up and you go to grab your glasses and you actually look to see where you can find them. Yeah. But they're not there anymore. And but now you can, you can see, see where they were. And now I can see through walls. It's pretty it's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's worth the pain, right? It, I mean, I didn't have a bit, my wife did and it she saw that day like 4 yeah. hours later, yeah. Yeah. Like the blind carpenter. It's it's, it's the worst joke ever. You know that joke? <laughs> The blind carpenter who picked up his hammer and saw. It's that kind of podcast, ladies and gentlemen. How does, how does getting LASIK compare to getting a jawbreaker tattoo, pain-wise? Hey! What? Yeah. <laughs> um, do you mean getting the tattoo or being drunk enough that you're going to show it to Blink Schwarzenbach? Can you get LASIK I... drunk? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I want it. I really want it. Your vision's fine, dude. <laughs> Your vision's awesome. I want to see better. <laughs> I want to see through you. I want to see existence. Um, uh, it hurt more than getting a jawbreaker tattoo, okay. but less than a rocket from the crypt tattoo. Interesting. I have a band arm. Do they yes. tell you though that shit can go wrong? Like when you're there, they're like, "Okay, this is ninety nine percent like everything's gonna be awesome," or we're gonna burn your. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say like when you get the band tattoos, like do they say do they make sure you really like? This <laughs> that's that. Well, that's it. Yeah. Sure, you really, make sure you like, really like these guys, or we can turn that. Did you really hear else. unfun first, or you just saying that? Yeah, like maybe you should get a hot snakes tattoo instead. What's the third song on their second album? <laughs> yeah, they quiz you. Yeah. That's Chesterfield King. It's the third song on their second album. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> They should have, you can have the yeah. They should have a black flag test for sure. <laughs> yeah, there'd be a lot of failures. I think a lot of people would fail. Do you know what I band most this is that you're fail. getting a tattoo? Do you know the name of the band of the tattoo? I think eighty percent of it's people. It's a band. Would <laughs> that is ridiculous. All right. Um, so we're going to bring out our first guest right now, and the reason that we're going to bring out this guest is um, one: she has not been on the podcast yet. 
Uh, we are all friends of hers. Actually, Mike, you and Brad just met her, so but I assume that you're going to be Brad's friends. Um, I feel like yeah, uh, friends. I have known her for God ten years now. Bonkers. That's like there's kids who are speaking in fourth grade now who were born when we met, um, and we met when we were both working at a place called Video Hits One, uh, which is now called the the place where souls go to die. Um, but uh, she has gone on to do wonderful things, uh, run a label. She now works for a magazine. Uh, please welcome our good friend, Ultra Girl, Sarah Lewiton. Where are you, Sarah? Yay! Hiya, gorgeous. You look fantastic. I am between four men, so when does the gangbang start? <laughs> we are going to be friends. <laughs> Oh, I like you already. <laughs> um, it's Hello. Been, it's so hard to, to not say something awful after a statement like that. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I won't. Fill every hole. No, did that happen? No, it didn't. Um, it's, it's, it's another carpentry joke. Where is the fourth one? Oh, well, you'll find out. <laughs> right. So do you remember when we met? I do. Um, it was at VH1 when I was Michael Hirschhorn's assistant. And you came by my desk and I was like, Stevens, awesome. Oh, uh, like, yeah, I thought you were great. Oh. Yeah, I was known as the tool who wore a Ramon shirt. On, no, you on were not VH1. a tool. Come on. No, but uh, I was told that uh, said you got to go meet Sarah. So I went by, and I was told that Michael, who basically was just a big wig over VH1, and hired Sarah as his, as his assistant, and she would he would bring you into meetings yeah. like, with big wigs. And the story was, Sarah didn't care who was in the meeting; she would just hurl out whatever she wanted and <laughs> called like before anyone all these bands that are now super popular My Chemical Romance and The Killers yeah and well The Strokes and, and The Interpol, Strokes yeah yeah I, I mean I still kind of do that but um, you just go into I, random uh, meetings with execs and just start shouting I yeah I go into I, Manchester Orchestra even if I'm not working at the company I'll go in and I'll be like listen to this band and, you yeah, should yeah um, but I I mean, I probably should have had a job, a real job before working at VH1. What was your fake job before? Uh, I, uh, I was an intern at Spin Magazine. Ah, yes, yes, of course. Where I would be brought into meetings and being, you know, asked, like, what band is going to be ne- big next. So. Now, how do, you, how do you figure that out? Because The Killers, that's kind of a big get, and you were early on that train. Y- you just get that feeling. Like, if you listen to a band and they make you want to have like a hundred puppies fall out of your vagina, then that's like the, <laughs> the band that's going to be big next. Jonah, that's why none of the bands you and I like ever get big. <laughs> <Wait. clears throat> Can you just say that again? <laughs> Slower. I've, n- I've never heard that phrase. So it's basically, beautiful. Teenage Bottle Rocket is not going to be huge because I don't feel, <laughs> and I love them to death, but I've never had the feeling of a litter <laughs> coming out of my urethra. I, I like. I wish I was a guy. Like men have penises; no, they don't. can do anything with that thing. And like I like. Well, there's certain things you can't. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's limitations, but yeah, you're right. And yeah. But you know, you know, it's like such an empowering tool, and like I'm stuck with this like <laughs> vagina, and like the only thing I can do is like have babies with it. It's and, kind of amazing, by the way, that you guys can do that. But can, we're like, you know, we have like slabs of meat, but you guys can like grow a person. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> Wait, can't you use it like for a wallet though? I there it is. 
And that's I why have, we have the explicit tag on iTunes. Uh, I haven't used it for a while in a couple months. So I like I like beer on the podcast. <laughs> so much better. Anyway. I don't know if you should really be envious of a gland that hangs. I am. I have penis envy. But you have two glands that hang as well that impede jogging Which is more. great. I mean, they, they come, they're useful. Like, right. they're extremely useful. But, you know, nothing's more useful than the thing that, like, conquers countries and... Stuff, nah. you know. Nah, we I go just back break to... them down. I break down men with my boobs, but I don't. <laughs> but if you have a kid, they'll be even more useful. If I had the Kindle. If you have a kid. <laughs> or if you have a Kindle. Only if you have the boob Kindle, where you can actually like, you wear it. It's a whole new. It's the boob Kindle. I thought he was just like, you know, sitting on my back, having the Kindle. It's like elevated by my. It's a, yeah, it's a better eye line. Yeah. yeah. I guess anyway. the, the Nook is a more, a more appropriate name. <laughs> oh. What? No, yeah. it's Wendy. true. <clears throat> uh, so right before, uh, right before um uh, comes uh, and after uh comes what? Before we came up here and began speaking, we were all conglomerating at the bar. We began talking about one of my favorite things, comic books. Yes. And how you are a big fan of Garth Ennis and the comic book Preacher. Yes. My oh. friend Kevin, who's sitting over there, introduced me to... Kevin. Hello. You're a good man. <laughs> uh, how did he get you something without a penis to get into comic books? Because although that is very common nowadays if you go to Comic-Con, uh, one, it's mean, because when I was a kid going to comic book conventions, yay, uh, there were no women. And now when you go to a comic book convention, there are plenty of women who treat comic book conventions like Halloween. Yes. <laughs> which means I can dress slutty. Um, and that's a judgment thing, and I shouldn't say that. But no, it's, it's true. true. Yeah. Uh, and it's empowering. But that didn't happen. So how did he get you into comics? Well, um, I'm really into... Well, I'm pretty pious, despite my um, love of wanting to have a penis. And um, gangbangs. But basically... <laughs> Wait, you um, want the gangbangs? I don't know. Do I? I can't... I, can't I don't think it. you want them ever. <laughs> oh. Um, but I'm kind of pious. And like I'm really into... like religion and spirituality and he was like here's a comic book about like a preacher who uh you know is it's about preachers and vampires and it's about questioning spirituality and it's about questioning god and all these things and i was like all right i always want the opportunity to question god because people make me do it all the time so that you, bring you're, it on. You're, you're a big religious person well, I'm, I was raised like modern Orthodox Jew. Whoa. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, I still keep kosher. I go home every Friday night for Shabbat. And I'm constantly like, you know, pushed on that subject. Like, do you believe in God? Why do you believe in God? That's bullshit. Like, why would you do that? And it's like, you know, it's a personal thing. I don't like talking about it. Awesome venue we're having now. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, I can... I still appreciate the opportunity to question my uh, beliefs. But anyway, so I got into Preacher, and it was awesome immediately. Wait, ba back to the gangbang uh, yes. thing for a second. So gangbang meaning, is that like a bunch of dudes banging one lady, or is it a, a, like an orgy situation? No, it's a bunch of dudes banging, banging one, one lady. Yeah. yeah, That just sounds, I don't know. Ideally, they've been tested for STDs. <laughs> so. I think ideally falls into every gangbang situation. <laughs> Ideal, and, and that's the last thing you want to think of in a gangbang. Well, ideally, this will go well. Yeah. But, you know, there's, speaking of gangbangs, there's a lot of gangbangs that happen in Preacher. You know, and, there are and, a couple, yeah. You know, so it's a very interesting uh, look into the world of, like, 
uh, you know, religion coming into this like sexual uh, universe and how it deals with it. And it is very, it is very deviant it of, is. in nature, and it yes. is very questioning. It's very well written. Um, the is. guy who wrote it, Garth Ennis, wrote another comic called Crossed, and Crossed. <laughs> Joan and I were in Midtown Comics together. You always have to go with a buddy. On and Wednesdays at noon when the new comics come out. <laughs> <laughs> I left that off to have some semblance of cool. So we're just going to dive right into it. And I heard about Crossed. And Crossed is, 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 is a zombie comic. And now it's everything zombies, vampires, zombies, vampires. And I don't care. But I heard that this was so offensive that it was just almost unreadable. And I remember opening it up, and Joan and I both went, oh, God, and we closed it and put it away and wouldn't read well, it anymore. What was offensive about it? It's was just it super con- graphic. and it's oh. Well, also, Stephen is scared of zombies, <laughs> <laughs> which is so crazy because nothing freaks Stephen out except zombies, and he can't read zombie comics. By the way, I'm so really happy true. to hear you talk because you haven't spoken since I've been up on this stage. I haven't. No. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to make things awkward, but... like. Um, but yeah, Steven's scared Hello. of zombies. Kind of weird. Why? He actually just said that to me the other day. He said your fear of zombies is like ruining your life. You said you're going to take the garbage out and you that's what you're thinking about. All I think about is like maybe up the street I'm just going to see like wandering undead coming towards me and what do I do to this So you believe not, do you believe it's a possibility is that why you're scared? No, of but it? I'm angry that that the government and some organization decided to do a test recently of, a, of an apocalyptic preparation test or, or a disaster test by pretending it was a zombie thing, thinking that if people are prepped for zombies, it's the same thing as being prepared for a flood. And I'm like, well, they're taking it seriously, so now I'm even more freaked out. <laughs> and I do this. I look out the window, and I'm like, what do I, like, what do, can I do a headshot from here? I don't even have a gun. I need a gun. Like, what, what? You, should, you should definitely get a gun. But are you afraid of like the slow zombie, like Walking Dead zombie or like See, Night of Living Dead or is it like 28 days later like not fair I zombies I don't That's watch a... these things so I don't know I only know what out. I hear what is that so you're not prepared you're missing out I can't miss out because if everybody's got the thing that freaks them out right, right yeah. you must have something that scares you guns guns see there you go yeah. people don't like guns I saw Night of Living Dead at too young an age and didn't know what I was watching yeah. and then in the middle of the night my father wakes up and he runs downstairs because someone's pounding on the front door of the house and it wasn't anyone pounding on the front door of the house. It was me in my bedroom, freaking out, thinking there were zombies outside, pounding on the inside of my bedroom door that I was in control of opening or closing because there was no <laughs> lock on the damn thing. And I had to calmly say to my dad, no, it's me, zombies, Aww. and crawl back to sleep crying. But if you watch these movies, you know how they die. The zombies? Yeah. That's how they assume they die. If they're real, we don't know, do we? I mean, well, there was that zombie in Florida, the guy that ate the guy's face. Yeah, but that was like a bath salts thing. And I, what are the odds? That's what salts? they told you. Exactly. Exactly. It was just the beginning. But like zombies is like, that's like the saddest concept yeah. ever. Like yeah. someone dies and then they come back to life and you have to kill them. And the only thing that you want to happen when someone dies is for them to come back to life. And then they come back to life and they all, all they want to do is eat your brains. <laughs> They're way shittier when they come back. They're not like, it's not like, you know, Joe anymore. He's like, oh, dude, I remember, oh, you just want to eat my brain. See, Mike's a horror movie dude. So that's like, yeah, this like, is his jam. I, like I watch yeah. horror movies and I hate them. Really? Yeah. I, like, I once watched Silent Hill and I made the person that I watched it with come with me into the bathroom <laughs> while I peed because I was so scared of being alone. 
See, that's why I feel like that was zombies. Why do you want to feel like that? <laughs> because it's like an adrenaline Yeah, rush. I guess it is. Because, yeah, I mean, even seeing when you first... Rather jump out of a plane. It reminds you that you're alive. Yeah, it kind of makes you feel... But like, watching a horror movie? Yes. Well, I mean, you never walk out of a theater, like, fucked up from, like, a, you know, like, bridesmaids or something. You're like, you're like, you're like oh, that shit was awesome. Don't well, maybe you? you do. Don't you, Mike? <laughs> but you go home... The fact that I used to, like, when I remember, you know, you, you see, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. I remember when I saw that, and I went home, and I was like... Fuck, man. You, they, they fuck with the don't go to sleep shit. And that was like, oh, man, if I go to sleep. And it stresses you out because everyone's trying to stay up and, you know. So basically everyone feels the same way I am. I'm just a big pussy about it. Well, you know what's a real horror movie as a Jew is uh, <coughs> Life is Beautiful and Schindler's List. Yeah, they are. So, you know, when you get past those things. See, I thought you were going to say Passion of the Christ. <laughs> well, you know. I thought you were going to say Blair Witch Project. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jewish and that scares me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what are you into presently? I'm into uh, What am I into presently? I'm into a band called Churches um, Sitting? I, yes, right? Mm-hmm. Totally Like the girl that sings in Churches is like 19 years old And I definitely want to be here But I think she might actually be my daughter Brought in from like another Like from the future to like remind me that I love music And like all this stuff So I'm really into Churches And Sleeping well, sleeping is awesome. Yeah, I, do, I, lo- I love to sleep. I do back that. If yes. you ever have children, say goodbye. <laughs> I, remember I know sleeping. you have twins. You remember, you remember sleeping? I remember what it was like. Brad's got a five-year-old. Every, awesome. yeah. Almost Everyone has kids except me. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody here on this panel? Yeah. Yes. Except for and me. Yeah. What's up? What are you doing later? Hey, <laughs> and you're both Jewish. Yes, what? we are. And, hey. and we're in Brooklyn. What? And I'm very fertile. <laughs> and I think you're ovulating today. As a father I actually, of two, you know, I think you might right be. Right now, I, I am extremely... <laughs> Did you just hear that? Brad just said, I think you're ovulating as a father of two. I know these <laughs> I can smell it. <laughs> it's weird because... Hello. Well, very cool. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having now, me. Now we can't wait to have you for a full episode. Yeah, I would love that. that. Let's yeah, this, we got to do this. It's a fun thing to do. I, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me, and I appreciate it. And good night, everyone. Great. All right. <laughs> All right. Play her up, Brad. Go ahead and bring up our next guest. He was on the podcast. Uh, he was glorious yeah, on the fine. podcast. He made me feel dumb, which is not hard to do, but just made me want to learn more. Uh, and recently, his band decided to reform to the thrill of fans worldwide. Please welcome Norman Brennan from Texas is the Reason. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. So what's going on? How's your band? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's good. I got to watch them practice. That's true. That's true. Jonah came uh, very early on in the process. Yeah, he texted me during the whole thing. <laughs> well, I thought we were just going to do the interviews, and then you guys started playing. I was like, oh, we're still hanging out. Oh. Well, so, yeah. We didn't good. want to kick you out. We were being polite. No, I appreciate you not kicking me out, because I had like, no reason to be there at all. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> So when Norman came on the podcast, we talked extensively about Texas is the Reason and what was going on with the band and uh, uh, how, they, how they devolved, how things ended, and how it just kind of happened. And boom, out of the blue, uh, I get a direct message tweet that I didn't check early enough. It said, hey, we're doing something. Can you tweet to your followers that 
Yeah, Texas he didn't do Blues. anything. I'm sorry. That's fucked up. I totally forgot. That's cool. <laughs> and then well, we asked Norman to come here, and he totally does it. <laughs> and he tweeted about the show yeah, to his man. band. And I read his blog. I'm just a dick. <laughs> but all of a sudden, the band is back together. Yeah. So in between the podcast airing, talking all about the band not being around, were we the reason, Texas, the reason got back together? No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it, was, it was literally... It was like we were asked by Revelation to play one night of their 25th anniversary festival. And our initial answer was the same thing that we've said all the time, which was no. And they didn't stop asking. Most people usually stop. Mm-hmm. They didn't. And then one night we were just talking. We got together. And um, I guess we were just like, what are we doing? Like, why not? Who cares? We hang out. Let's play music. And so, I mean, it was like literally that stupid. Wait a minute. How, how often do all four of you just hang out? A lot. But, then, but no band? No. We're not good as a band. We're way better as friends. I, that's, I think that's a very true statement for many, many bands. <laughs> well, I think like if when we were a band also, it was like a different time, right? Different time many years ago. But the, the 90s. Yeah. Dark. It was. I mean, <laughs> I think that any band that was happening like post Nirvana will, you know, will kind of tell you that it was like, a really depressing time to be a band because everybody just kind of was like being pressured to be the next Nirvana and everybody knew we weren't going to be or every band knew that they weren't going to be we knew we weren't going to be I spent so many times trying to convince major label people that we weren't going to be but you know it didn't matter so the whole thing just kind of gets into your head and then it makes personal relationships really difficult and it makes creativity very difficult and the whole thing just stops. Do you find that now is a, a better time for you guys as friends, as a band? Like, is it just a maturity thing? Um, no, I think it was really just an issue of like, we'll do this if it's easy. Like, That's a maturity thing. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, that was the whole thing. It's like, as soon as it gets hard, then it becomes personal and weird and like, you know, band meetings and all <laughs> that stuff ominous and I'm not really you know none of us really want that no. so this is literally just like let's you know invite Jonah and play music that's kind of how all bands should re- re- I totally agree <laughs> <laughs> just invite Jonah <laughs> well, we made, we made a f- uh, film like a short film yeah which Steve from Thursday basically did all the work but I did the interviews <laughs> kind of like the podcast Brad, yeah exactly and we just sit up here yeah another thing it's brilliant um, now I read Nervous Acid. If you don't read Norman's blog, I highly recommend it because uh, the dude can write, and he can write well, and his grammar is impeccable, yeah. which I enjoy. Really? <laughs> yeah, I get, I get really... I was talking to... I went on Twitter today and was like... I heard... Uh, I was watching TV and someone said, yeah, look at these ones. And it just makes my skin crawl. <laughs> People say these ones, because more than one is two, and these kind of encompasses more than one. So these ones just, whatever, I'm a tool. But it just angers me. So I was uh, looking through your blog, and you have something there about grammar. But then you started talking about... Uh, it was actually kind of an anti-grammar essay. Well, I didn't say I read it all the way. Lord, <laughs> 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 Was that the name of your zine? <laughs> anti-grammar? <Yeah. laughs> that's funny that if you know that yeah, I used to do a fanzine called <laughs> Anti-Matter. <laughs> I was a, I was, ooh, I was a deep emo cut. Oh shit! Did I say that? 
That was rude. Um, you had uh, a great blog about um, everybody here familiar with uh, Amanda Palmer from Dresden Dolls, married to Neil Gaiman. She's millionaire. She is a millionaire. <laughs> okay. So uh, Amanda did a Kickstarter. We did a Kickstarter to start our podcast. She did a Kickstarter and she got a million dollars. One point two. Yes. More than a million dollars. A lot. And she's going to do a tour. And uh, she posted how the tour was going to break down uh, monetary-wise. And then she was recently in the news because she decided to uh, invite people to come up on stage and play with her but not pay them. And people were frowning upon that, saying, you, we know how much money you got. Why wouldn't you pay the musicians? And Norman wrote a very, very amazing piece about his opinion about Amanda. But I want to talk about like the whole Kickstarter thing with bands and Rocket Hub and things like that. And... Um, uh, would you say, like, as someone who's been in bands, reforming bands, is that, like, how does it change the landscape of music? I'm, I'm cynical about it. Okay. Because I think, like, I'd, all right, here's the thing. I mean, I'm cynical about major labels. I'm cynical about indie labels. I'm cynical about crowdsourcing. I'm cynical, I'm cynical about it all. Okay. I mean, basically, like, but the reason why the crowdsourcing thing doesn't really work for me is because it's basically creating these new, like, Standards for what you need to be and or do in order to record music or make music, and so one of those things would be like, you know, in Amanda Palmer's case, what was she? She wanted like you could come over for brunch or something, right? Right. She was going to pay you in beer and or hugs. Oh no, no. Well, that was to play with her, but for the Kickstarter, like if you gave her, it's a thousand dollars or anything, right? And it's like you know. I love you guys. Hi. I don't want you. I don't want to have brunch with you. Come on. You don't want to have brunch with me. It's, you know, it's like. You're but, charming. That's no, no, no. Plenty it's, of people would want to have brunch with you. It's a thing of her, like, I'm not that type of person, like, where I'm a little bit, you know, I, I, like, honestly, like, even just having me on the show, I'm, a, I'm kind of like a tragedy. Like, all my stories are sad. I feel bad, like, walking over here and, like, you know, you guys are going to be like. Waiting for me. You to guys say ready funny. for some sad? I can tell you some good sad stories. Not you so feel. I'm not so good at being, you know, funny. But like <laughs> the, the Amanda Palmer thing, you know, she's a type of person, and so she's able to make that 1.2 million dollars. But somebody who maybe can't offer those same things because of their personality type are not going to make the same amount of money. Uh, somebody who's not willing to kind of go out there and basically like. You know, even I would even have a problem asking. You know what I mean? Like, I have a, I have weird problems just asking people to come to a show. So it's like much less like fund an entire because album. They sell out in like thirty seconds and no one can get tickets. <laughs> yeah, because your band your band yeah. stopped playing and yeah, everyone lost really their mind. People. But well, but you know, I mean, we also I also know that like you know I'm realistic about it. It's like we were a band for two and a half, three years or something. It's like a lot of people didn't see it and so that's why it's worth something now. But like I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that our band was like better than everybody else. Like I just no I don't know. I find your modesty unsettling Norman. I'm, I'm just being honest. I know. <laughs> Mm. It's funny that you want to talk about that because I looked at Norman and I was like, man, your shirt is so cool. And me, I went to J. Crew today. 
And I walked in there and I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like, like I was just like walking around, like looking at shirts, and I was like, maybe this is nice, maybe it's too expensive. I don't know what size. Like, like, I never learned how to do that. Who's on? You, your you totally got it together. I guess. Yeah. I'll go shopping with you. Would you really? I seriously would For love that. For a thousand dollars. Done. Oh. Let's do it. I will totally Look at that timing. Oh. You killed it. I've, I've, bag. Look at that. Out of the park. I've crossed the hump. I've changed my opinion. <laughs> you should start a Kickstarter for people to go shopping with you. I would totally pay a thousand dollars. Hell yeah. And you would look fantastic. Yeah. Maybe you could do it remotely. Just have them like, you know, they could tweet you pictures and you could say, No. <laughs> I mean, I actually, I've, I've seen this shirt before and I admire this yeah, shirt. Yeah, Isaac, actually. yeah. Isaac, for those of you who don't know, is somebody you would never know. Yeah, he's if not famous. You guys famous. don't know people obsessed with themselves. Here's the Isaac. He's listening. He probably is listening. Yeah, he is definitely yeah. listening. I love how you just spun that I, thing. I'm talking about, you know, basically the PBS of, of music and art that's happening on the web right now, and you're like, yeah, that's a great shirt, man. That's yeah. I'm just being honest. I this is actually Club Monaco. I feel really weird in saying that, but it's not J Crew. J Crew's cool though. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more impressed. It's not wrinkled and like weird. Like that's how I feel all of my shirts are. <laughs> like, look how starchy and straight that is. It's great. It's weird. You make me feel like I ironed it. I didn't. Yeah. It's, you didn't? No. <laughs> Straight out the closet. Wow. <laughs> That's the difference between Norman's closet and your closet, Jonah, which is probably a floor. <laughs> it's a hamper. <laughs> I disagree about your statement about all your stories are sad because we had a wonderful podcast. Your stories were hilarious. And there's one story. That was a very uplifting podcast. Yeah. I thought it was one of the best we've done. Wow. Yeah. No, I think it was the best. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. <and> Julie. <laughs> <laughs> but you told a great story about the first time you went to a Hare Krishna temple, how it scared the crap out of you. That's true. And I found that hilarious. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, but I mean, it shows you that how much it scared me. I like joined. <laughs> Isn't that how it works? <laughs> I think you're For supposed all to of like them? it. <laughs> when, did, when did you stop wearing beads? Like neck beads? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. A long time ago. It's been a while. Yeah. It's all back to fashion. (laughs) Is that a weird question? I don't know. No, because apparently you're obsessed with what he's wearing. (laughs) It went out of style a while ago. Maybe next season. That's when I started, as soon as it went out of style, I think. Those and Jinkos were cool, I think. Jinko jeans were the bomb. So why did going into the temple scare the crap out of you? Uh, I mean, there were a lot of things. I mean, I wish there was some way to, like, explain to you the... Uh, the first Harry Krishna temple I ever went to was in uh, Freeport, Long Island. And it was basically... It's just a house, you know? But you walk into the house, and inside the living room, you know, there's this life-sized, um, I mean, statue of the founder. But it looks super real. So you just think this guy is sitting there just meditating... And, you know, I'm walking in just trying not to make eye contact with him or anything because... You can't because he's wax. Well, yeah, he's not real. But is it I wax? Know. Is it wax? Do you know? I have no idea. But it, was it looks real. real. I mean, okay. it's told Madame... What is it? Madame Zuzel? Right. Yes. Yeah. It lo- I mean, it looks like that. But I also remember, like, there were... This, is, this sounds terrible. There were actually a lot of bugs in the room. And I don't know why that 
was the case because I've been to like Carrie Christian Maybe temples around he was the world. Was a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one temple he died. In. There were a lot of flies. I'm not even kidding. It was really, really it's Long Island, dude. It was, yeah. Gonna <laughs> get lynched. Don't get me started on Long Island. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> How do you feel about Long Island? <laughs> Oh my god, it's Long Island. <laughs> I don't remember what stories I told you on the podcast, but did I tell you about moving to Long Island? No. No, no way. Is it uplifting? Mm. <laughs> well, my okay, so my I grew up in Queens. That's that's what I call my hometown. <laughs> Nobody here is from Queens. Are there? Um, Any Greeks in the audience? Anybody live in what? Queens There's now? Greeks who live in Queens. <laughs> Nobody. All right. Well, I grew up in Queens. I grew up in Woodside. And at one point, my, my family were like, my, you know, my parents, God bless them, they're, uh, you know, they're both immigrants with the American dream. And they really, uh, you know, they, they were concerned because I was about to go into high school and the high schools in Queens were like notoriously horrible at that time. So uh, someone at my, my father's job was like, you should totally move to Long Island and you should move to this town, Massapequa. And Massapequa, the public schools there are as good as the private schools in the city. So my dad totally, like, you know, eats this up, and he's like, all right, we're moving to Massapequa. And, like, I don't know, this was late 80s, you know, 87, something like that. And so uh, we, I remember actually looking for houses in Massapequa and, like, being, like, years later, I actually got a real estate license for fun. And one of the things you learn is, uh, I know. <laughs> I wish that look would This podcast is so awesome. You got a real estate license for fun. So one of the things you learn in real estate school is you learn about how it's totally illegal to do racial steering, which is basically like when an, a you know, family or a person of... By a, the way, anyone forming a band, racial steering. <laughs> so when a nice family of color like mine moves to an all-white neighborhood and we're looking for apartments, they're like, you know, Massapequa was cool, but you should really check out Amityville. And, <laughs> you know, but they were like, that's a different school district. And, you know, no. Yeah, so we finally got our house in Massapequa. We went there. And um, I remember, I mean, literally, I was suspended on the first day of school because uh, I don't even want to say that. But, I mean, basically, like, somebody called me the N-word uh... and I punched him in the face. And so... You know. It's a legal response, by the way. I yeah. think so. And I don't understand Maybe why Maybe not in Long Island, but in New York. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But I mean, at the time, again, at this time, it was a completely, I was just the darkest thing that ever happened to Massapequa. And like, I mean, I also remember on that same day, you know, this, I was at my locker and this girl came up to me and she's like literally just looking at me from head to toe, just staring. And I, you know, I was like, what's up? And she was like, are you black? <laughs> and, you know, so I'm, I was like, fuck, are you serious? You I mean, you know you motherfuckers are only like an hour away from New York City? <laughs> it was another world. So fucking, yeah. So basically, you know, I didn't last that long. I dropped out of high school and moved back to the city. And, and that was Long Island. Yeah. I think that's probably a lot of great bands formed for that very reason. But don't you feel like people in Long Island like bands that only people in Long Island care about? Like, I feel like everyone's like, Silent Majority's the best band ever. I'm like, really? Well, yeah. This is the best hardcore band? Hey. Oh, you're from Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Just dude. like, I'm a fan. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but the thing, Jeff is like a super local, like, I mean, like, it doesn't matter what you sound like. If you're from New Brunswick, he's your fan. That's true. That is true. <laughs> so he's just supporting that local product. Do you like Endeavor? Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who listen to the podcast regularly, and that means when you feel like it, uh, when the Jeff Rickley episode airs, uh, Jonah's writing an appendix because I like to think I know a little bit about music. They were talking bands that I had no idea existed. Deep, deep, deep cuts. So whatever you guys were just talking about, um, please look there. up on Wikipedia. <laughs> now, um, so were you into Harry Krishna before Shelter or... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I met them in 1989 in ah. Tompkins Square Park, where they gave out free food, and I was a young, poor vegetarian kid. They had free vegetarian food. It was a pretty good <laughs> meeting. <laughs> Did Ray ever give you yoga lessons when you were in shelter? No, no, no. <laughs> would he do? Would he like do his thing though? Like, not really. Really? No. I mean, I don't know. Like now, it's like there's this. I don't know, like, if you guys are into yoga and the yoga scene and stuff, like, I, I've never really, I've done it maybe, he's <laughs> really a couple people yoga. here. I mean, I've, I've only literally done it once and I was embarrassed because, like... But he's, like, a super well-known teacher now. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, like... Why are you a, embarrassed? Um, well, okay, so I was a member of David Barton Gym in Chelsea for a minute. Yes. And, uh, I've met David. Really? Yes. Wow, I mean... Very interesting guy. Out. <sighs> You know, I mean, it's it's hard enough, I think, to go to a gym when you're normal looking, because like everybody else, just like is so fit and awesome, and you just feel like an well, idiot. That gym? What's that? Not any gym. You... Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But David Barton. I mean, in case you don't know, it's there's a it's very gay. So like all the men are beautiful, and I, I you know, I'm not. So, but there's that. But then it's so the self-deprecating <laughs> shit that gets on my nerves. No, no, no. You said it yourself. It's true. If it's true, you say it. It's true. So that was fine. I didn't anyway, say if it's true, you say it. You just did with uh, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, no one was listening. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that was with Sarah. It's different. But you know, Sarah, so, began, Sarah sat down and went gangbang. Go. So. <laughs> the only gangbang talk you'll get about me is Bloods and Crips. <laughs> I love that shit. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Fuck yeah. Do you ever oh, watch Gangland? Oh yeah. Did you yeah. feel like they just showed the same clip over and over yeah, and try they... to stretch it out to an hour? Definitely. Um, I want. Yeah, I love. But YouTube clips are better. Like when because Crips and Bloods they make their own YouTube videos and stuff. And what? Forget about Crips and Bloods. Like there was this gang in uh, Williamsburg, and I was reading about them because they were like people were saying that they were just walking up to random kids and just slicing them with machetes and shit. And I was like, fuck, what's the name of this group? And I, you know, <laughs> they have their own rap videos on YouTube and they're like sitting there rapping and shit. And then all of a sudden, dude takes a machete out of his jacket and he's just like rapping with it. And I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> just, I hasten to disagree. <laughs> Permanently 14. Well, you know, like... Remember when you said you weren't funny? <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> I'm not trying to be. I, I really... He say dark, I, though. He said dark. He said... Like, that's... I really do... I mean, I grew up, like, in my neighborhood, there were, like, these two gangs that were, like, you know, the kind of gangs that I had to choose from. One was, like, the 52nd Street crew, who were, like, more the Puerto Rican, Dominican, like... Uh, I guess at that time it was like the early 80s, mid 80s, so like hip hop was still new. 
I can't say that they were like a hip, like into hip hop, but they definitely had b-boy attributes. And then you had uh, Z.O.W. who was like this, and this sounds ridiculous to say in 2012, but they were like a punk rock gang. They were the zombies of Woodside. And uh, scare the shit out of me already. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like back then, but they were actually. So I don't know if this is grooming. I mean, later you read about gangs and how they groom the young people in the neighborhoods and stuff. So I had like friends in both gangs that were like nice to me and stuff. But zombies, Z.O.W., there was one guy in particular, Charlie, who really like took me under his wing. Like he was like, I loved this guy. And I remember like, I really developed... Uh, I mean, tragedy story, but not, I won't get into it. My family <laughs> life sucks. All right, so Charlie was like, you know, he gave me that kind of like family thing. I mean, I guess this is how people join gangs, right? right. <laughs> Duh. But so, yeah, whatever. But I never joined the gang or anything, but Charlie was still my friend. Charlie worked so hard, he's like, I got him. I got him. He's looking up to me, I'm a role model. And so, but, you know, actually the one thing that, so he actually kind of scared me out of the life, I think, because not that I was about to join the life, because, I mean, even back then I could probably tell you that I was just a gay nerd, you know, I'm literally gay, I'm not being facetious, (laughs) but like, so, so one time I was hanging out with Charlie and he was like, and, you know, he was, I was asking him about, he used to wear this um, leather band that went from here to here. And which means nothing on the radio or on the podcast or whatever, but basically, like his for covered his forearm, and I, you know I was like Charlie, Charlie, that band is so cool. I want to get one too, and he got super defensive and he was like, No, man. He used to call me Lil Man. He was like, No, Lil Man. He's like, You, you know, I don't want you wearing this. And I was like, Why? You know, and he took it off and he had like he basically had tried to kill himself and had like tons of scars like from where he cut and. Uh, I was just like, fuck. I mean, I was probably like 10. I mean, so it was like, I was like, that's not a happy life. I'm just going to like chill out here. I'm going to join a band. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But but not that I'm I'm not going to say they got me into hardcore punk when I was 10, but, you know, they stuck in my mind later on kind of when I heard the music and, you know. It did kind of relate somehow. Yeah, I think it kind of translated well. You've had more life experiences before 10 than I've had by 40. <laughs> <laughs> and they are all incredible. And I thank you so much for joining us thank on our you. first live podcast. Yeah. Roman Brandon. Thanks, guys. From every band that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Uh, our next guest. I'm going to begin by saying, hey, Julie, are you here? I'm here. Yay, Yay. ladies and gentlemen. Julie Klausner, author, podcast goddess, comedian, writer. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Wonderful. So happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. And as much as this might alienate other guests we've had, I have to begin with one. I I have a present for you. Ooh. And uh, this is... um, Something that you and I share, and I, I think you'll appreciate it. So, hey, fill in while I run over here and get it, because I forgot to put it under my chair. <laughs> that would be you three clowns. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> um, Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Don't make the audience clap and fill what you're supposed to be filling. Yes. 
don't, Jesus. don't let him well, get away with no, that. No. You've done real live podcasts where yeah. I feel like it's way more professional. And oh, it, please. And after Paul listening Bellator. to your real live podcast, it's damn you set the bar high. Oh, Thanks. That's nice it's of true. you to it's say. Thank Ridiculous. You. Oh, well. So um, uh, after we, we last talked, a lot of things has happened in the world of culture. Uh, and which is a stupid statement, <laughs> but a true one. <laughs> and uh, I called my mother and I said, you need to bring up something for me because I need to give it to um, one of our guests on our first live podcast. And this was mine from when I was 14. <gasps> oh, my God. Is this really for me? This is for you. Oh, wow. It won't. I can't so wear much. it anymore. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to give this to your little kid? Uh, no, I want them to grow up better. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's an original 30th anniversary monkeys tour that I went to the show uh, with my father. How old were you at this point? 14. <laughs> uh, Gary Puckett, Herman's Hermits, and yeah. the Grassroots. And then in the front, you'll see there's no Mike. There's no Mike Nesmith. So what year was this? This was uh, 86. It was before. It was right before Pool It so came. So Pool It, yeah. It was the right Pool before it, it came out. No, okay. it was before that. This was the. So Pool It was what eighty seven. Eighty seven, yes. <laughs> so this is when they were still rerunning the shows on yes. uh, Nick, on Nick and MTV constantly. Thank you You're so very much. Welcome. This is awesome. It's legit. I love it. Wear that on your next podcast when I you convince will. Ted Leo to be our guest. I will. Well, so it's, <laughs> wow, it really says 1986, Columbia Pictures Industry. This is so cool. So there you go. So thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. Sorry, Sarah Norman, I didn't give you a T-shirt that I wore <laughs> when I was 14. Uh, but if you're into Bon Jovi, I have them. <laughs> and, I'm from New Jersey. I'm sorry? I'm from New Jersey. So you're not into Bon Jovi. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so, two things that uh, we wanted to discuss with you up here. Um, one was uh, the new Monkeys tour yeah. that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davy Jones, rest in peace. How much of a bummer? I know. It was so sad. I really was shocked. I remember when that happened. You're like, uh, first, my, my friend Jake Fogelness said, I never thought a monkey could die, <laughs> which is uh. so weird, but it's true. You know, the Beatles are valuable. You know, like other, yes. other institutions have been. But uh, but also that Davy was the youngest of the four. Yes. It was completely sad, and yeah, I'm, I'm still really sad about it. But but yeah, the reunion is coming up, and I got my tickets. Fe- how and do you I'm feel ex- about it? Are you psyched? Or you I feel am excited. Weird? Um, no, I'm not. I don't feel weird because I think it'll be different. I think it'll be special because Mike is going to be there, and that's think huge. Gonna, but do you think he's going to hang out? What do you mean, hang out after? Like have snacks and stuff? Or yes, well, Mike I- Nesmith hang out. <laughs> And talk Christian science with the crowd. Um, is he a Christian scientist? Yeah. Still? I don't know. Maybe he used to be. <laughs> All I know from like... Do you, I, do you, you ever stop? Do I ever stop thinking about Michael Nesmith? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually subscribe to his Facebook um Updates because he has like a public timeline that you can subscribe to, and a lot of his, um, no. yeah, you can, and a lot of his updates are actually like pretty spiritual. Like he had something when Davy died, he wrote this really. A pretty like eloquent piece about um, his memories of him, and he said, um, "I have I have great memories. I wish him safe travels." That was the last line, and then I got a little very poignant. It is, and he I, even though I, Davey talked a lot of shit about Mike. 
Well, I don't think the four of them were ever organic in any way, shape, or form. Like, in other words, if it hadn't been the right time and place, the four of them would have never been collaborators in the first place. So right. naturally, that's going to lend itself to some tension and odd relationships. But Did you ever watch the uh, audition tapes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, those black and white ones. Brilliant. They're fabulous. If you were thinking we weren't going to talk about the monkeys today on this live podcast, you were wrong. <laughs> this is how I thought on Julie's podcast. Where I was like, I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> Did you listen to that one where I had Eric Lefkowitz? Yeah. It was like a monkeys historian. I mean, talk about like, you know, the deep cuts. Like, this uh, guy knows everything. He probably knows the guys who didn't make it. Um, well, it's a rumor that Charles Manson auditioned um, and didn't make it because he was sort of in that world. Mike, calm down. <laughs> no. Not into serial killers, <laughs> fake horror movie things. Right. But yeah, he auditioned uh, allegedly and Stephen Stills and. Um, I Jack think people Nicholson. from the Jack Nicholson didn't no. audition, but he collaborated I'm with just them on the movie. Shit up! I don't know anything about <laughs> fucking monkeys. No, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Jack Nicholson dr- wrote, he wrote. He wrote Head. Now, recently there was uh, <laughs> there was a showing of Head yeah. that you were a part of with uh, yeah. Rob Sheffield. Rob Sheffield, Kurt Loder, um, myself, and uh, Eric Lefkowitz, the guy I just talked about, wrote a couple books about the monkeys. Because that movie, anybody ever seen Head, the monkeys movie? Watch it and then get back to me because it's. I, there's a lot going on. Yeah, it's pretty psychedelic and and insane. The guys but who the, made it went on to make Easy Rider, if that tells you anything. Yeah, Bob Rafelson mm-hmm. and Dennis Hopper is actually in it. Like he has like a credit as like long haired man in the restaurant. <laughs> and he and that was him for the rest of his career. He, pretty much, yeah. He never really like did anything better than that. <laughs> and then he died. Now he's dead. <laughs> but no, head is it's it's crazy and parts of it are horrible and parts of it are wonderful. But the music Music is incredible, and it really does stand up. What are you, what are your monkeys records? You like Pisces Aquarius? Um, like my well, it's funny you say that because headquarters is supposed to be the one that monkeys people are really into because it's the first one where like they sort of became the thing that everyone thought that they weren't, which is they all played their own instruments and became yep. a real band, but. There are some great moments on it, and then there's others that are kind of fall apart. I like that you asked me what my favorite album is because that's such a funny question now. You think of like we're more like song people mm. now that we can download things individually, but but yeah, downloading did bring back the single. It really did. Yeah, no question. No question. I, I think you, for a while it was very album oriented, mm-hmm. 80s and 90s, and then the internet, like well, especially iTunes, brought back. Yeah, the yeah, 99 cents each. But it's no, I'd say, I'd say uh, Pisces Aquarius, yeah, that's a good... 129. Not birds, bees, and the monkeys. That one's a little wonky. 129, I'm sorry. Did I hear, do I hear two? Brad only buys expensive downloads. The 129 ones. <laughs> that's what they cost now. Are they, is that true? Yeah, they do. Really? Up, yeah. Oh, no. Well, I had a whole plan um, that everybody, all the guests who came out today, I was going to play a song, and then Brad informed me of the term licensing <laughs> and uh, strongly encouraged me not to do that. I couldn't afford you, Jeff. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Jeff. Actually, Jeff, we couldn't afford The Cure. That's how I was going to play when you came out. Sorry. Fascination Street. I can say it, right? That's legal. No. Yeah. We're going to have to edit that out. Balls. <laughs> um, uh, another thing aside, because we can talk about the monkeys forever, and I think we should. I, I, I know that the audience is clamoring for us, too. <laughs> they are clamoring. But um, I want to talk about something that I, I love Quiet reading. Down, guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I've enjoyed reading about on Twitter, and that has been your campaign to pet the dog from the Bush Beans dog commercial. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of months ago, I was drinking and I was watching Real Housewives, and one of the um, commercials came on was for Bush's Beans 
And, you know, they have that dog that's like, you know, we have a secret recipe, but only the dog knows and he ain't talking. And then the dog goes, roll that beautiful bean footage. His mouth moves and it's funny. It's a dog. <laughs> um, and I remember watching it and I was like, I want to pet that dog. <laughs> I wasn't like drunk drunk but I was like I don't want to pet that dog yeah that doesn't sound drunk <laughs> <laughs> doesn't. and so I went on Twitter and I was like I want to pet that dog <laughs> and so then it became a thing and people were retweeting it and then like Bush's Beans got like sort of barraged with emails and uh, Facebook messages and then um, eventually they got back to me and they said no no you can't <laughs> but what's their reasoning behind it they kind of played with you well, for a bit did they tweet no or did they... No, I got a phone call and it was like a really bad day. <laughs> I actually got a phone call and then I hung up and then it started raining. It was like I was in a Charlie Brown uh, special. Um, well, they said it was just because it's just, quote, not what they do, which is... <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not what you do. You guys make Let beans. people show affection to their dog. <laughs> right, exactly. But, like, and are you, like, not the first person to do this? Well, like, that's what they claimed. Like, we got his, um, let me tell you how many drunk that's people That's what they here. said, and I don't believe them. They, they were like, we get, like, hundreds and thousands of requests of people who want to pet dudes. Oh, because I, too, drink, and I watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> and I you do didn't, the two together, and I love dogs, and, and you, I would love to never, pet them. You no, never wrote to Bush I Beans I, and was I, like... No, I wouldn't have even thought of it, but... Well, they, they said that on the phone. They were like, we get requests all the time from people who are like, I want to take Duke golfing. I was like, that's how I know you're lying. Because yeah. that's too weird of a specific <laughs> for you to volunteer. Nobody wants to take that dog golfing. Also, no more. one wants to take a dog golfing because they will get the ball and they will bring it back. And you yeah, will they'll lose, screw up everybody's you'll game. You'll lose yeah. golf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they called me. Golf. They said no. And it was disappointing, and I thought I'd moved on, but now that you brought it up, I'm really bummed about it all I'm over again. Sorry. No, 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 it's okay. I am disappointed in the company of Bush's right. Bag. Their beans probably not that good anyway. Well, right? here's the other thing: is like who who eats beans? Like yeah. like who eats like baked beans? I guess get Goya. I feel like I'm not. Gonna or get... um, I guess Heinz maybe. Yeah. Like if I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna get Are you a can pushing of beans, for a Goya sponsorship because I back it. Goya not... would be a great sponsor for <laughs> right? you guys. Yeah, Oboya. We'll take anybody. You know, if, if I was gonna do, if I was gonna get a can of beans, I would get refried beans like El Paso oh, yeah. in the grocery store. Goya I wouldn't waste my fat. time with like Bush's baked beans, yeah, dude. right? No yeah. way. They're, they're just not that good. Like they're. I think they sweet. use high fructose corn yeah. syrup. High fructose? I think they That's do. Important. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, they're genetically modified, I think. Too. <laughs> yeah, but the commercials do make them sound good with the bacon thing. No, they thing. don't. Yeah. No. They're like, they're, all of our bean cans are if covered they, in bacon. I knew you would take Bacon and brown sugar. And I'm sorry, but that's just like, that's kind of gross. Yeah, it's gross. I don't know. Where are they based? Like, where would you have to Knoxville, have gone? Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, and I And cool. I told them, I was like, I will come I'll down. I'll come over there. Yeah. I will come to you. And it was like summer. And you don't want to be in Knoxville in the summer. <laughs> Um, just to pet that dog, I just do. Just to pet the dog, I would have made it. <laughs> I'll be there. But, I'll be uh, there. but no, they were like, no, even if you come to Knoxville, you cannot pet this dog. What the fuck is that? You know that they, uh, they, the dog was actually killed during the making of that commercial. You know, <laughs> a lot of people wrote to me on Twitter and they're like, the dog's dead, the dog's a hologram, the dog doesn't exist. Um, and, um, and I didn't like indulge any of those theories until they said no. And then I was like, no, bombs actually, away, everybody. Like, speculate yeah. all you want. I'm not on the side of Bush's beans. That's what happened. Fuckers are always lying. <laughs> but you also, to, to hopefully make you happy, didn't a, a prominent cat litter company decided to start following you on Twitter? Um, are you talking about Fresh Step? Or is it um, Tidy Cats? I think it's Tidy Cats. Tidy Cats, yeah, I think Tidy Cats Because it wasn't Feline Pine, me. which I use. Oh, you do? Oh, I'm a big fan. 
Does if it, you're wondering if you were going to follow beans with cat litter, you were correct. Was, uh, <laughs> that's interesting. All the topics tonight. <laughs> yeah. Feline pine. It, it, yeah. it works. It works very well. Really? And it's yeah. all natural? It's because, all natural. It's okay. all pine. <laughs> I feel like I'm picturing like the bottom of a litter box lined with pine needles and, exactly and cedar chips, basically. Yes. And, and, a, and compassion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Tidy Cat started following me one day and like I was just like, all right, it's 3 p.m. and I've accomplished about as much as I'm going to today. <laughs> and um, Fancy Feast is all, oh, not Fancy Feast, Meow Mix. They're really good with their social media, like tweeting, um, like I'll retweet something they say like they'll say a hypothetical or um what is it called rhetorical question they'll be like what's life without cats and i'll retweet it and be like fucking useless or something yeah. and then they'll tweet back at me and be like thanks julie how's jimmy jazz doing because jimmy jazz is the name of my cat and like the person remembers that and i'll be like pretty good thanks and they'll be like what's he doing right now and i'll be like uh looking out the window and be like he's sure got an imagination doesn't he i'll be like leave me alone now <laughs> <laughs> like, i gotta get done like they're really on it and that's great that they have like a good social media person but like at a certain point you're like let me go about my day (laughs) Um, one of your other favorite things that you tweet about that that honestly changed the way i watch this program uh, is newsroom oh yeah and uh, i'm a big aaron sorkin fan Mm -hmm. but i've been when, when, I, when I watched the first episode, I was like, Something, something's up here that I'm not getting. Yeah. Because there's a lot of theme music playing to, to make me feel a certain way. Yeah, it's very and, and it's working because the goosebumps are happening. Mm-hmm. But there was just something I, I couldn't figure out. And and you were you live tweeted for was it Salon? Uh, yeah, the uh, over oh, New York Magazine for like the Magazine. finale. I, right. I like did a live. Yeah, like a live blog. And you said something that just that completely summed it up. And I was watching it, and now I can't stop thinking about it. Watching the oh. show is their treatment of women on oh, that yeah. show. Yeah, it, it's odd. I know, and it's, I don't recall that from the West Wing. No, the West Wing, um, or even like people said about women in the Social Network. But I don't know. I, I feel like he kind of dealt with it in that first scene. I thought that was a smart first scene. But no, the newsroom is like totally uh, bad for women. I think I said on my podcast like it's probably the worst thing for women I've ever seen and I've seen some disgusting porn <laughs> so I don't know what Sorkin's like dealing with in his personal life <laughs> I respect him too like I I like the social network like he's obviously like a really smart guy I just have never seen um, a man at his station in life like having to prove it constantly he's like I'm smart and I have ideas I'm smart and I have ideas but that scene in the finale um well, there was a lot about that finale that was like completely yeah, fucked. But the Sex in the City scene—is that the one you were talking about? That was like uh, that was horrible, right? Awful, right? But also, and like, it, what dude takes a Sex in the City bus tour? Exactly. It right? was like, and you knew that, and you knew that Aaron Sorkin was like, ooh, like you know, like twiddling his fingers together, like I'm gonna bite the hand that feeds me. Teehee, I'm gonna make a joke about HBO, aren't I, a naughty little boy? And you're like, oh. Shut up. Just make something good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good show. No, it's a bummer. It's and, not and, a good and it's show. Like, and I watched every episode of you, another yeah, good show. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, it's uh, pedantic. That's like the ultimate... <laughs> It's a good word. Well, because it's like, it's, it assumes that people watching don't know stuff. So it's like, I'm going right. to teach America a thing or two. And you're like, oh, my God. I'd prefer not to feel like I'm in school. Like, it really does feel like homework television. Do you know the, the comic book writer Warren Ellis, Sarah? Woo! Yes, well done. 
Uh, he wrote a great essay on it. He's a big Sorkin fan. Oh, yeah. And he said, I, I was really bummed that um, white old guy saves the day. <laughs> Every time. And that was it. And he was like, and it's back to white old guy who has the answers yeah. and will speak the truth. And he's like, I want to something different and it didn't happen it's disappointing that like Aaron Sorkin's also like just decided to put everything into um, Jeff Daniels' character like yes. it's so clearly that he's like this representation of himself like in the social network you feel like he was a little ambiguous about Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. but like in this case he's like no that's me that's me I'm him we're gonna teach the world together and it's disappointing too because Jeff Daniels is great now I like associate him with Will McAvoy <laughs> I know how am I supposed to like look forward to Dumb and Dumber 2 with this right happening? how can I picture him having diarrhea on the turlet now that I know that he's like you know uh, you pronounced it with an R well that's, that's <laughs> what, it's a silly thing that you sit on I mean you, you can't call it anything but something silly you don't say commode no why not because it's pretentious <laughs> oh, it's it, sounds, nice. it sounds French <laughs> what I love my mother's southern and she would say oh, that oh she does yeah, that's, I like if it's with a southern accent I, I like that. That's I like it. That's three, charming. Three extra O's and a Y in there. For Charm. That's charming. That's charming. Um, I'm not crazy about the um, the John. No. Do people still use that? How about head going back to the monkeys? Eh, what about little, shitter? If you're on a boat, shitter? That's kind of the classy. That's, you know? it's, yeah. It's pure pure class. It's the classy. <laughs> I found that even room. I found that even before I had children, I I, I got more joy out of saying, uh, "Who needs to go to the potty." Oh, how many kids do you have now? Two. Why two at the same time? Oh, well, actually, twins. my wife did. See, see how what so. I did? I yeah. put it together that they were twins, yeah. Jonah. Pretty good. <laughs> 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 it was. I mean, not really at the same time. One did come out slightly earlier than the other. Boy and girl? No, two girls. Oh. Karma. How far apart? Like, we say at the same time because it was literally 20 seconds. But it was. Um, it was a tough. It was a long twenty seconds for your wife. It was the whole. The, the, and, and the thing was, and she's here somewhere. Um, she she went upstairs. Did she? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's where the burgers are. Smart lady, bad taste in men, but smart lady. Um, she tells the story that like while while they were you know removing my daughters from her uh, by process of slicing her in twain. Um, uh, that something happened, mm-hmm. and but since I had two kids, I'm literally running to one incubator back and forth back and forth and I ran over to her and I was like they're gorgeous and she was like in her head I'm dying (laughs) (laughs) that's the real circle of life that's the Disney like that's the truth of it it's like oh I gave life and now my time is over I suppose here's my thing about the Disney issue is that when when Bambi's mother died she jumped into a field shot and as a kid you create the image in your head which is pretty fucked up Disney because in your head is really vicious. Well, isn't the scariest thing in the world the thing that you have to imagine yourself that you never really see? Yes. That's why Jaws scares the crap out of me to this day, but I love it. But then I watched The Lion King years mm-hmm. later with my brother, who's 10 years younger than me, and I was horrified. They fucked Mufasa up in that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but what do you mean they fuck him up? They, like, he, he gets uh, Scar, pushes him off the cliff. Oh, the Scar If you were waiting Mufasa for the thing. Lion King portion of the show, it's happening. <laughs> um, they push him off, and then he falls, and ah, he's broken, and then a stampede runs over his ass. And then Simba comes up to him. It just yeah. seems like overkill to me. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, because now I'm thinking about it as, like, the Lion King sort of followed Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. Like, I feel like this was, like, their boy picture. Like, we got 
get the boys back into it. So maybe we can make a like more action scene. A singing lion cub. That'll do it. It's well, an homage singing, to Bugs Bunny. Okay. What? You think? It's an homage to Bugs. How I thought so? you said it was Amish for a second. <laughs> Wait, how do you think it's and a... And that made I liked it better. No, the falls of the cliff run over, blah, 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 all this. Yeah, but hyper real. Hold, he holds hyper. up a sign, I'm dying, Simba. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Roadrunner. <laughs> And it should be. I would like to see that version. The wily coyote version of the Lion King? That's interesting. Did you think that they were they were they were searching for the? the I think boys. they were probably trying to actionify it hmm. a little, just that, making sure that they have both. Don't you think? Because that was like a really interesting. I mean, that's an interesting part of like the Disney. Are we talking about Disney history? Because I can. You think there's a lot of Simbaism? Oh no! <laughs> Goodbye. Bye, everybody. It's been really fun. Okay. I would just like to say that it's taken this long for a Jonahism to pop up. What is? What's up with that? <laughs> Pun master B. Damn. That was absolutely amazing. <laughs> now, are you a fan of them taking the Disney films then transferring them to Broadway? Um, you know, I don't know if I've actually ever seen a Disney show beside The Lion King when it came out, and I thought it was incredible because it's yeah, a great show. Like Julie Taymor, Did you I mean. see it? No, I need to. It was great. I mean, it's just an undeniably great show. But then they did Little Mermaid, and they put them on heels. Roller skates. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, it's odd. Doesn't make any sense. No, and then even do there. I don't think there was water involved. No, it doesn't make any sense. No, how about Tarzan? Didn't see it. Uh, was that Phil Collins? And Phil Collins did the score. I believe. Wait a minute, Tarzan was on Broadway. Yeah. yeah. They used the same people that know. did De La De La. De La Soul. De La Soul. De La Soul did it. That's, that's well, you know. It was De La Soul is Dead was the score, I think. Phil Collins is really into the Alamo stuff, right? Is Phil that... Collins is obsessed with the Alamo, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, it comes up all the time. No, I, um, I had a couple people send me this link. I think people send me, like, articles to talk about on the podcast that they think will, like, make me really angry or, like, excite me. And the, like, Phil Collins thing is the latter because I was like, ooh. Apparently he suffers from, um, like, suicidal depression and has become... su su suicidal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jonah, that was your line, dude. <laughs> but seriously, Julie's trying to tell a story. No, 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 I love that. His was better than... Sorry. Uh, so much better. No, so much fine. better. It's all, it's all, it's all, it's all um, And apparently, like, now he's really into, he's, like, reenacting the Alamo. Like, he's in this, like, Civil War club where he dresses up, and um, he's just really into, like, collecting the Empera. Yeah. This is... There's no way. If this is fucking true, I'm so psyched. <laughs> I think it's true. I it's think true. it probably is true. That you've heard of it encourages me because we saw the same thing. I read I the Rolling Stone it. article where it's like... I did not read the Rolling Stone one. I saw one online and I was like, what? Yeah. It's pretty dark. Oh, wait, this is, this is well, the best thing I've heard in like three years. Phil Collins, <laughs> Phil Collins wants to kill himself. And also Billy Joel is like in a really bad place right now. Because you know he suffered from like suicidal depression in the past. And like alcoholism. And he like ran his car into like four different houses that summer. Remember when he like kept driving into people's yes, living rooms? Yes, yes, I do recall that. It was like weird if you lived in the Hamptons and Billy Joel hadn't driven his car into your living room at one point. Um, so he and Phil Collins like both want to kill themselves. As long as they don't hang out. If you listen right now, you can hear the gears clacking in mine and Jonah's head trying to find any Billy Joel song reference, but it's just not <laughs> happening. 
<laughs> well done, audience member. I was thinking Glass House or something like that. Uh, that's a horrifying thing. Yeah, and you wouldn't, like, it's just, it's always interesting to me when, like, you know, like, like, like the sad clown, the light FM duo, like, having real Jim Morrison-esque darkness inside of it. It just sounds like a lack of commitment on their artistry. What, to not follow through with killing themselves? Yep. What? There is admittedly some follow-through. Yes, it needs to be done. I would never lump those two together for any reason. Not even in the 90s? Not even in the 90s when you'd, like, turn on, what, like, 102.7 and you hear In the Rhythm of the Night next to Groovy Kind of Love? Because I feel like it was... was, It was not Billy Joel's fault. Can't hurry, love. He I'm was sorry. driven into my skull, but it was definitely Phil Collins. What do you mean fault. driven into your skull? Uh, like his maladies or yeah, everything. <laughs> I feel like it's like two people I can never relate to ever. <laughs> and Billy Joel's Jewish. Yeah, you have that true. in common. You can start there. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, bond, the bond that can never be broken. <laughs> that is true. See, Phil Collins for me begins and ends. With uh, his uh, duet with Philip Bailey. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Easy Lover. Like, yeah. that's all it is. Like, he, there doesn't need to be, ladies and gentlemen, the back of the room just applauded. <laughs> Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> that, like, I don't want to hear anything else Phil Collins has ever done because that song is so good. What about Genesis? Well, see. What's uh, your attitude towards Genesis? He was the drummer. I know. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Here's a serious End of question. Story. <laughs> Phil Collins. Yep. Anti-Semitic. Yes, I heard that too. I heard that too. I heard that he gave money Speaking to of Judaism. Uh, the PLO and was a huge supporter of Yasser Arafat. So you heard I it thought here. You said, I thought you said ELO for a second. <laughs> if, I, if I could give money to the ELO every day, I would. <laughs> wow, I didn't know Phil Collins was anti-Semitic. Yeah. That, that makes... That I have no that. proof, but I'm saying <laughs> No, no, I heard that too. Yeah, I heard that me too. and Julie both heard it, so probably true. We have the same true. Phil Collins information. Yeah. And his daughter was in uh, Mirror, Mirror. That was the girl who played Snow White in that movie that no one saw. With Julia Roberts is like the evil queen. There were like two Snow White movies that came out yes. this year, and that was the funny one. Yes, the one with Charlize and the one. No, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yes. And then one with Mirror Mirror was with Lily Collins, who is Phil Collins. I have daughter. nothing to add to any of this. <laughs> like since Phil Collins, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just glad I'm here because I'm learning so much yeah. tonight. You're just so psyched <laughs> that you get to go home and Google Phil Collins Alamo until one in the morning. And that's the Alamo thing. And Phil Collins really. hates Jews. <laughs> also, that's Google what I'm Phil gonna... Collins and PLO and see what comes up. But didn't you, when they when Yasser Arafat died? Yes. there was an audit he did. There was an audit done on his holdings, and it turned out he invested money in Bullmore Lanes. That's not true. It's totally true. Someone so, use your magic phone with Verizon and look that no, up. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. So he was to Bullmore Lanes. It's fucking true, right? So he was to Bullmore Lanes with Susan Sarandon. Is that ping pong place? Hell yeah. And he's he, the one that made it disco. And, yep. That is so weird. And he was in Dead Man Walking. Did he? He was not in Dead Man Walking. <laughs> no, but for a second there, really. <laughs> Cameo. <laughs> um, that's really funny. Did you think he ever went there and like rolled a game? God, I hope so. The you rolls on Shabbos. Yeah. <laughs> he probably does. What's stopping him? <laughs> uh, what's stopping him at the moment? Uh, probably a big box. Being dead. Uh, <laughs> I find that the best way to end a guest being on is to talk about Yasser Arafat and possibly his corpse. So Julie Klaus. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys for having. 
having Please me. Please listen to her podcast if you don't already. How was your week? Read her books. Thank you so much. You can't see it on the podcast, but this monkey seizure is amazing, and I'm going to keep it forever. Thank so, so thank much. you so much. You're wonderful. Julie Klausner, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, our final guest uh, is one of our very good friends. Actually, I'd like to think we're all friends. Full disclosure, this next gentleman is in a band with Jonah. He was in a band called Thursday. He's in a band presently called United Nations. Please welcome our friend Jeff Rickley. Now, Jeff, you're psyched because we got all caught up talking about anti-Semitism and Phil Mm. Collins. Mm. So we're going to talk very briefly, and then you're going to perform for us. Okay. couple songs? Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, too, is anybody writing this podcast down at all? Writing it down? Mm-hmm. Like taking Transcribing? Notes? Transcribing it? Mm-hmm. God, I hope so. Because I was trying to figure out the Phil Collins, anti-Semitism, like libel or slander, whole debate. I think it's yeah. both. A little bit. Yeah. Maybe. You know a little bit about libel and slander as you're, you're on Victory Records? <laughs> as you're on Victory yeah. Records? <laughs> Hardcore joke. Um, Legally, I'm not permitted to talk about that, but yes. yeah. Uh, your band, United Nations, that you're in with Jonah, maybe, we have to say. Uh, this band possibly got a cease and desist by the United Nations. Yeah, we did. We got, a, we got a cease and desist by the United Nations, and we did this thing purposely. There's this great UK artist named James Cotty who was in a, a band called KLF. You guys probably don't remember them, but they KLF, had a, KLF, KLF. What Time is Love? Yeah. Step into the AM? They were, they were like an early... No, wait, that's, no, that's not KLF. That's, that's third that's base. That's yeah. What? KLF was What Time is Love. What Time is Love, yes. yeah. So he was in this like ridiculous... 3 a.m. time is eternal. That's what I'm thinking. Not step into the a.m. Right? Look Norm this knows. shit up. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was in this like weird techno band, and then, and then he became an anarchist artist. And he went to jail because the way that he made his stamp, uh, he made his prints as stamps. And then if you ordered something from him, he would send it through the British Mail as a stamp. And eventually, the government was like, you know, that's that's mail fraud. You're going to go to jail. So he went to jail for a little bit, and they were like, but if you make our stamps for the next ten years, then we'll we'll let you out of jail. So now he designs all the stamps for the British Mail, and, and they we gave, use just pictures of ducks in Pixar films. <laughs> they gave him a grant of a million pounds which is way more than a million dollars and he burned it on the steps of parliament as like his protest to what they were doing to him what a dick so he did the art for the first united nations record <laughs> i know i'd love to have some wait, of that money wait, he did that for the second record right no the first the first one are you yeah. in the band he's in the band he doesn't know he's like <laughs> i don't I, handle this part it of was it. either the beginning or the end right i don't know but uh yeah so he he did the artwork and the album cover was Abbey Road with the Beatles on fire. Oh, yeah. And we were like, oh, we're going to get sued by the Beatles, but we've got a backup. We've got another cover, you know? And then the United Nations sued us for the name of the band. And you really got sued by the United Nations? Yeah. And we have pictures of Hot Topic destroying our records. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, for those of you that want to be in a band, take notes of everything not awesome. to fucking do. <laughs> um, isn't it true? And I know it's true because Jonah told me it. But for those of that you listening... That does not mean it's true. <laughs> that's true. That you said to Jonah, if we get 
sued and they say, no, we can't be United Nations. We're going to change the name of the band to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Right? Isn't yeah. that a great idea? <laughs> <laughs> Just keep on going through the agencies until they get left. How come good. Interpol gets away with it? That's what I want to know, right? I was like, that's not fair. Uh, or the presidents of the United States of America. Right? Pot USA. Yeah. What right? about the police? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking There's classic. No trademark on that shit. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? You know what it is? It's Jewish. That's it is. Why. <laughs> right. That's what I learned tonight. It's Phil Collins. David Ick. Yeah. You know that guy? It's bullshit. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Jeff's podcast episode hasn't aired yet, uh, as I said earlier. But aside from talking about bands, we talked about literature and books. And you read books shows for about four years in <clears throat> the way that we were able to afford to pay bands from out of town who I had I had this really ethical dem- dilemma about charging people to go to my basement because I was afraid that I was going to go to jail for zoning laws or something so I would just pay the bands out of my pocket and one of the ways that I would get around that was I had a professor of poetry dance in the body which is one of my classes um, me too yeah right poetry dance in the body it's it's like core curriculum um <laughs> But he was like, you know, you can make extra money if you want to write some penthouse letters. So I, for a bunch of years, wrote penthouse letters from the point of view of women going to pool parlors and having sex in the bathroom. And so every, if, if you ever read penthouse letters, they're written by college kids who are like, I think this is the way that, that it would happen. I've that never, right I, there is the definition of yeah. sexism. Yeah. Oh, We're yeah. going to hire young dudes to write things from the point of view of a woman. It was, it was semi before the internet, so I got 500 dollars a letter what what jeez oh could kill an afternoon genius (laughs) right on uh well from that from writing 500 dollars a letter or getting that we would love you to play for a couple songs and uh, close out our very first live going off track podcast thank you guys so much for hanging out please listen to jeff uh sound check was sick I want to thank Julie Klausner. I want to thank Sarah Luden. I want to thank Norman Woo! Brandon, who doesn't think he's funny, but he's hilarious. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who listen to the podcast, thank you so much for being fans. we got a lot more planned. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Rickley. Um, this song I wrote because uh, I have a very good friend who doesn't know what a pawn shop is, and she asked me if all country songs have mentions of beer and Jesus in them. And they do. So this is a song I wrote called Your Love is a Pawn Shop. Second hand men who come into our lives.
just to get turned out again Cause Jesus don't show with a redemption ticket For any secondhand prayers when Your love is a pawn shop next song I learned some of the chords from I was I was trying to learn how to play guitar recently maybe a year ago so that I could do some solo stuff and I went to this great uh, Mexican restaurant near my parents house in, in New Jersey and there was a mariachi guy and uh, he was fucking awesome he was like amazing and I was just watching his hands and he was like are you trying to learn some chords and I was like yeah so he taught me some chords and I use them for this song Lonely life 
So everyone go upstairs real quick. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs>